3, 2, 1. Welcome back, y'all, to the Anyone Can Run podcast, the podcast for psychomaniac fitness fiends just kicking off their journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle. It doesn't matter if you're trying to crush your first race or if you're just looking to progress on the race of life. I am your host, True Bros, a.k.a. Gabe, a.k.a. the guy who spent way too much money at ShopMrBeast.com a few months back, and I'm an NCCA-certified personal trainer, gamer, and sneakerhead who specializes in helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This podcast is a blend of motivation. It's a chronicle of my personal journey on the road to Gainesville, some poor attempts at humor, but above all, it's the place where we cover cultivating the marathon mindset and everything else you need to know to help you start your personal fitness journey on the right foot. Before we dive into today's conversation, I have an ask of you, dear listener, and it's the same ask I posed before last week's conversation. I create content because I want to encourage the young gamers of the world to live a healthy and fit life. I say it all the time on Twitch. However, I also do our humble podcast here and create YouTube videos because I have ulterior motives. Well, I guess it's not super ulterior if I'm telling you about them. But what I want is to get an insane number of followers. I want to become synonymous with podcasting and YouTube and Twitch for one single reason. For the past six years, every May, my household participates in St. Jude Play Live, which is all about raising money for the children of St. Jude by gamers. My first full-time job was at a place helping cancer patients get access to resources they need. And never once did I need to speak to the families of children going through treatment because of St. Jude. Because of this, it's something very near and dear to my heart. Our fundraiser for 2021 is dialed in already. We're fundraising all April and May, and I'm doing all types of crazy stuff to try and raise money, including a special goal for $1,500 raised, $1,500 raised. If we smash that insane amount, I will walk and vlog a half marathon in one of my many luchador masks. I'm asking if you're able Please pitch in and contribute a few bucks. It could be $1. It could be $5. It could be $1,000. It's whatever you are comfortable with giving. I make a fool of myself annually during these things to help raise money. And my wife will tell you, because I've been saying this since 2015 when I started TrueBros.com. My goal, as it relates to all forms of content I create here at TrueBros.com, on YouTube, on Twitch, all of it is to get as big as I can so when this annual fundraiser rolls around, we can do some dang good. I'll drop a link to our campaign in the description of this episode, but it's also on my Twitch, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, it's anywhere where I'm posting. So if you're able, please, please contribute. No amount is too small. In the past, we've had multiple discussions about food and our mental approach to it. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. I'm a certified personal trainer. I'm a hotshot gamer. I'm not a registered dietitian or nutritionist. As a result, it'd be inappropriate for me to get into the intricacies of what you should eat. As I, for one, can't stand when people purport to be experts despite having no credentials or professional experience to back that up. 
something I always try to do is lay out the thought process behind each of my decisions. As I believe, if you can see how someone reached a conclusion, if you can observe their mental process, this allows you to empathize with them and truly see where they're coming from. Whether you agree with the actual conclusion reached is immaterial to an extent. I also use both my professional and personal experience with each of the subjects here or discussed here to serve as examples. So you can hopefully take both my successes and shortcomings as learning opportunities for your own life. As we grow, age, and learn, our predilections and thought processes change. This isn't some grandiose philosophical statement. I guess we all take that as common sense. As I've gone through not just my personal health and fitness journey, but life in general, both my preferences and the way I approach our topic today have changed considerably. Today, I'm going to lay out my personal experience with how I consume and mentally and physically approach food, as I believe it's important to be cognizant of where you come from, how you're feeling, and where you're going. For those of you who have never swung by any of my social media accounts, the Twitch gym, or anything like that, or the YouTube channel of your humble narrator, I live in the United States. I was born and raised in the Lone Star State, meaning I'm a proud Texan, and I'm of Hispanic and Latino heritage. Although I'm going to tell you right now, I'm only on like the first level of Duolingo, so uh, my Spanish isn't that great, nor has it ever been more than slightly passable. When I grew up, We always had enough food to eat, so I was very fortunate in that regard. However, in hindsight, the meals weren't always the most healthy. That's through no one's fault. If you blend a general lack of knowledge regarding macronutrients, familial culinary expertise that is limited towards culturally specific dishes, which are very carb-heavy and not particularly balanced and you know, limited household funds and free time due to work obligations and a neighborhood rife with fast food options, you're bound to end up with something similar. Maybe it's because I was younger and didn't really question anything, but food wasn't something I paid much attention to in my youth from a mental or physical perspective. Again, this is probably because we always had enough, so I never really thought about it. You know, I always had something to eat. And I'd suspect that the physical aspect of that, of of not paying attention to food, can be attributed to being little, to having access. And I don't know about y'all, but when I was a real young gun, I could run all day and eat anything and never have upset stomachs or anything like that. I think it's safe to say the lack of physical awareness as it relates to food can be attributed to youth. And I recall very well what some of my favorite meals were in my immediate household. We never did too much cooking because my mother was always working to ensure we always had food and water and shelter and, uh, you know, all the human necessities. So huge time investments in the kitchen weren't something that she could make. Nor was it something my sibling or myself were particularly interested in. So let me tell you, those frozen taquitos and those like, uh, I think the brand is Totino's, but there's like those dollar frozen pizzas. That and canned ravioli, man, those were some of my favorite things to consume. 
I did have some family members, such as my grandfather and my other grandmother, so different side of the family, so just calling that out for visibility. And I had an aunt who would cook regularly, and it was typically traditional Mexican cuisine. We're talking chicken and rice, beans, tamales, tacos, fideo, and caldo de pollo, both of which are different types of soups. For those of you unfamiliar, fideo and caldo, is, they're just two different types of soups, essentially. While these dishes are absolutely delectable and are a part of my cultural heritage, looking back, <laughs> I'm seeing a diet primarily consisting of these and frozen foods, and it's not exactly the most balanced. Also, while we're on the subject of cultural food, I'd like to espouse one of my life philosophies. I've stated it many times in the Twitch gym. Every human being in the world, every single one, is down with food. And if you just got a bunch of people from different countries and put them all together with a big feast of types of food and, you know, provided everybody spoke the same language or could at least communicate and mingle and learn about each dish, man, the world would be a much better place. This particular philosophy is why many of our conversations in the Twitch gym are centered around food because, you know, I, I try to make every content or rather all the content I make on Twitch is aimed towards young gamers. I, I feel like there's not enough content for young people out there that is appropriate. It's all like gimmicky or trying to seal something. That's just me. You know, I'm not watching content aimed at kids, but I try to make stuff that I think is entertaining for, for them and that's appropriate for them. So, you know, if a kid comes in to the Twitch gym from the other side of the world, I'll get a lot of uh, I used to get a lot of people who like lived in the UK and what have you. We can always talk about food. It's just a great subject to discuss. We can pull up pictures and we can show, and that's kind of how we can bond, you know? So I, I really like having conversations centered around food. I think it's very appropriate for the young gamers. This is a tangent and I digress. Let's get back to the topic of conversation because I'm just trying to illustrate the kind of environment and food that I grew up with. And truth be told, when you're a real young gun, neither the physical or mental aspect of food is something you pay any mind to, provided you have access to it. You just eat what you're given. You don't question it, right? <laughs> and if the food tastes good, hey, that's all you really care about. For me, the meals of my youth were obviously curated by the adults of my environment, which meant I was eating lots of Mexican food imbued with carbs. Again, it was absolutely delectable stuff, and I was very fortunate to not have to worry about having access to food. However, it wasn't the most balanced diet. Additionally, I come from an environment where things like balanced diets and exercising weren't at the forefront of everyone's minds. So it wasn't something I was exposed to as a youngling. I talk about this a lot in the Twitch gym, but I didn't grow up around people working out. And before moving on, I want to mention one thing. When I was a kid, I had a multitude of health problems, not related to food or anything like that. Just had some issues. Uh, you could say I was a, a sick kid, right? It was a pretty substantial contributing factor to my deciding to prioritize my health and fitness by the time I reached college. But we'll get into that in a few minutes. Heavy Mexican dishes with the occasional fast food were the culinary fare of my youth. And this trend continued on pretty much all throughout high school as, you know, I was living at home, didn't have that much money. I don't bring up 
cultural and socioeconomic circumstances to try to elicit any type of reaction. I bring this up because this was how I thought about food and health and fitness in my youth, meaning I didn't really think about it that much. I can't say if this is attributable specifically to my family or my culture or just the area I grew up in, but that was my relationship with food when I was a real little one, real little tyke. In the high school and the teenage years, it was very much of the same. I was constantly on the prowl for fast food like tacos and burgers after having the meals provided by school for breakfast and lunch. Like I had mentioned, due to work obligations, home-cooked meals weren't something we had too frequently, but, you know, we did occasionally. Again, I think when you're young, and if you feel fine, regardless of what you're eating, you aren't going to pay too much to what you're actually consuming. Like we discussed earlier, I'd always been kind of a sick kid. I had uh, respiratory issues, colds, flus, things like that, and they would knock me out of commission quite a bit. When I moved away for college... I viewed it as an opportunity to work on myself from both a mental and physical standpoint. This was obviously the time in my life when I took the first steps on my journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle. I was constantly in the gym lifting weights or doing cardio. And as far as food goes, when I lived in dorms for a semester and then I lived with family for my first couple years of college, my eating habits continued to be centered around fast food. Lots of tacos or pancakes to start the day, and lunch and dinner was typically burgers from either the university cafeteria or like Wendy's. When I lived with family after that first semester in the dorms, I pretty much just continued with fast, with, uh, with fast food and whatnot. You know, it was convenient. I was constantly on the go. I wanted to keep to myself, meaning minimizing the amount of time I spent in the kitchen. And since I felt so good to working out, I fig- or because I was working out, I figured what I was consuming didn't have too big an impact on me. After a year or so of working out regularly, I elected to join a rowing team in college to continue my journey towards getting physically fit. And actually throughout college, I worked part-time about 30 to 35 hours a week for I think the entire time actually. So this meant I was typically up around 4 a.m., At least when I was on the rowing team, which was, uh, I want to say, a year. So I was up at 4 a.m. I had practice from 5 to 7 a.m. I'd go shower real quick, and then I'd go to class from 8 to 12. And then i typically change for work, and then I'd work 2 to 9. And considering I worked all throughout college, the thing I remember most about my collegiate career was being tired. Although I did begin working out regularly at this time. Due to a jam-packed schedule and constantly being on the go, my affinity towards fast food or grab-and-go snacks continued, as I didn't have the time, interest, money, or energy to invest in familiarizing myself with cooking a variety of dishes. There was a time period, and actually, you know what, before we move on to that, I really think, and this is something I say all the time, I feel like home ec needs to be in high school, right? Teachers are are invaluable and they do so much, but I feel like part of the curriculum needs to be like basic life skills. And I know there's probably a debate in there somewhere about who needs to teach this, whether it be parents or school or what have you. I don't care about that. I just think 
that as part of high school, you got to know how to cook a few things. You got to know how to change tires. You got to know how to sew. You got to know how to wash things. It's like, you know, basic life skills. And yes, I know parents probably teach that, but the home environment is such a wild card when it comes to everybody, you know, socioeconomic things, where you're out, where you're at in the country. Like there's just a lot of variables there. And we need home ec to come back. My school didn't have that in high school. And I feel like every school does, right? We need to prepare the children to live. Maybe it's like uh, fixing a computer. Maybe it's changing a tire. I don't know what it is, but that's just, okay, I'll get off the soapbox. But that's a, that's another one of my personal beliefs is that I really think home ec needs to be taught to everybody regardless of uh, anything, right? Regardless of gender or country or where you're at i just think everybody needs to know this stuff <laughs> anyways i'll get off that let's get back to the conversation so we were talking about how i didn't have time or money and oh yeah so there was a time period where my fridge that i shared an apartment uh so i had an apartment that i shared with a friend and the fridge was pretty much just like energy drinks and snacks and the cupboards were full of candy or prepackaged pastries because again, I was constantly on the go and most of my substantial meals would come from like fast food, national chains, local restaurants, things like that. I was always gravitating towards the cheapest menu items. Although I vividly remember when I worked at the mall, I'd plan to splurge once every two weeks on either a full meal from Chick-fil-A or like a strawberry banana smoothie. Those were my splurges. I'll never forget that. And I'll tell you, it's, it's crazy how we all have these things that stick out in our head. And that's something that is very, very vivid to me. And also the first time I got a check from that same place that I worked at at the mall and it passed, it was uh, more than $400. I think it was like 401 and it just blew my mind. I couldn't believe I had that much money. So I don't know. Those are the milestones, right? Everybody has something that's special to them. Don't forget that stuff, man. I think it's important. But I say this and I bring this up because funds were always at a premium. So even though I was working out like clockwork in the gym, considering my time and the schedule, I still was paying very little attention to what I was actually consuming. Burgers were quick and easy and I always felt fine having them. So I typically pick up one in between classes or on the go to either work or what have you. One of the benefits of the time where I was in college was I either shared an apartment with a friend or lived with family. So my money could go towards things like textbooks, vehicle maintenance, food. I didn't have to spend money on quote-unquote essentials like rent, insurance, or my cell phone bill. Therefore, my thought process as it pertains to food, I was focused only on the financial aspect of it. How much I could spend on food and making those limited dollars go as far as they could. Hence the predilection towards burger chains with dollar or value menus. There are a number of extenuating factors when it comes to how we as healthy and fit people think about food. We have taste, cost, portions, balanced diets, what's in the actual food like allergens, you know, things like that. There are a lot of things are a lot of factors to be cognizant of as they relate to food. However, for much of my academic career, as I was paying for the food I was consuming, my sole focus was cost and time. It's easy to get caught up in the moment and not be cognizant of all these factors. 
Just like it's very easy for someone on the outside to say, well, you need to carve out 30 minutes here and there to prepare a delicious and nutritious meal. However, we always want to be honest and pragmatic, especially when we're talking about ourselves or talking to ourselves. Sometimes it's next to impossible to just find the time to breathe, much less think about what you're going to consume, going to the store, picking up all the ingredients and then preparing all of it. In hindsight, had I taken just a few minutes on a weekend during my collegiate career to think about what food factor was most important to me at the time, which was cost, I probably could have stretched my dollar even further had I bought snacks in bulk or invested some time and some money in some cookware. I'm pretty sure I only had like a microwave, but if I had got like a skillet, or something, you know, I I could have expanded my options. I bet you were expecting me to say something along the lines of, oh, if I had just waking up earlier and done this or that, but nah, 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 man. I remember very well what it was like to be incredibly busy all the time and low on cash. I'd hazard a guest that I was spending less than $10 a day on food by only having a granola bar or frozen waffles in the morning and then a couple value menu burgers or tacos and a soda for lunch or dinner. Now, 10 bucks is a lot of money, but considering the time constraints I was working under and the fact food was something I didn't have to think about from either a time or access perspective, I didn't notice that too much. There were absolutely better ways to get my money to go further. However, that was something I didn't have to be cognizant of until early adulthood when I had my own apartment and began to take over all those financial responsibilities like rent, car payments, phone payments, grocery bill, all that kind of stuff. Making $15 an hour when I was fresh out of college about a decade ago wasn't exactly tons of money, so I had to live with roommates or family just to be able to afford a place to live. Had my mother not assisted me with car payments and cell phone bills frequently, I'm not sure how I would have gotten by, as between food and just daily living expenses. Between all that, my funds were stretched incredibly thin. I'll never forget the feelings of frustration I had related to money during my first full-time job, because I could just not afford the basics. I looked for second jobs. I took up offers for overtime the handful of times it came up. And there was about a six-month period where I was applying for a minimum of 10 jobs a day, all with customized resumes and cover letters because I was broke and frustrated and working. During that period, which it wasn't just six months, but I mean the entire period of my first full-time job where funds were super low, I realized I had to stretch my budget even further while also trying to get smarter about what I was consuming. Even though... I was still feeling great from a physical standpoint, and I'd been working out relatively frequently for a few years at this point. I knew in the back of my mind that my steady diet of burgers, tacos, and other fast food was not ideal for my overall health and fitness. Additionally, as money was so tight, I really couldn't even afford to get fast food daily. And it was at this point I realized that my money had to go further than it had when I was in college due to the added financial responsibility I was undertaking. As such, I began to actually go to the groceries regularly. And I typically picked up big bags of salad, 
frozen chicken and vegetables. That was it. And coffee. I, I do remember that. If you've ever swung by the Twitch gym when we're talking about food, which admittedly is pretty dang regularly, odds are you've heard me say, I pretty much never eat salad, and even prior to shifting to the plant-based lifestyle, I can't stand chicken and vegetables. That's because that was pretty much all my diet consisted of for about three years. No joke, the wife can attest to this. When I first got out of college... Spending $20 on a big bag of frozen chicken meant the food wouldn't spoil right away, hence why I seldom opted for fresh poultry, and I could literally plan the number of meals I'd get from that investment. Maybe you're seeing a similar trend here, but for much of my life, money has been the primary factor I need to be cognizant of as it pertains to food. When you're constantly concerned with your financial situation, shout out Hamilton, and are just concerned with having food, you aren't really paying any mind to the nutritional value or whether your diet your diet is balanced or anything like that. You're just trying to get by. This is why when we have these conversations about food specifically, our marathon mindsets need to take into account each factor which influences our decisions and predilections. I, for one, cannot stand when people just say, oh, you've got a week up earlier and meal prep once a week and do this and that, because that trivializes the circumstances you're in as an individual. For a period in my life, time was in very short supply, and for a much longer period of my life, money dictated every single decision I made. I'm very fortunate there were only a handful of times where I plain didn't have anything to eat and didn't have a choice but to drink water and tough it out because I had so little free time and money. However, that's not the case for everyone. It wouldn't have been pragmatic for me to heed the advice to meal prep when I was in college because I was only free before the sun was up and then again way down after it had retired for the evening. Not only that, I didn't have any cookware to actually go and cook anything. When it came to early adulthood, when I was right out of college, I did have a little more free time. This meant I devoted time to meal prepping. However, I had a hard budget of, I want to say, 30 to $50 a week to spend on food, which meant buying in bulk and making it last as long as I could. Not having too much cookware or money to spend on cookware meant I was typically either using the microwave or roasting in the oven, as the stovetop was something I couldn't even use due to a lack of equipment. As you think about your own mental relationship with food, I think it's important to occasionally reflect on your own life stages as I'm laying out here. It's not like I'm laying this out because I think my experience is so unique or informative. I'm doing it because Actually, prior to sitting down and outlining today's conversation, I had never once thought about how my relationship with food has changed throughout the course of my life. It's very much the here and now, right? I'm thinking, ah, how am I feeling? Oh, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to shift to plant-based. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I don't think about the whole big picture. I've always thought about food as essential since, you know, it is. But as someone who tends to be focused on moving forward and what's next and what I'm doing in the future, reflection isn't something I typically focus on in my day-to-day. -day. It's why I always try to reflect during our conversations here to serve as an example for you, dear psychomaniac fitness fiends.
After a couple years, I got to a place where money was okay. I still couldn't spend willy-nilly or go to Comic-Con or buy a bunch of games or anything like that. Or even, or build a savings. <laughs> but my family and I had a n- more than enough to just get by. Which is a fantastic feeling. And one I think too many people take for granted. But hey, that's just my philosophy. I've spent way too much time espousing tangential philosophies today. So we're not going to try to get off topic. It was at this point where there was slightly more leeway in the budget. And this is when I began to quote unquote eat clean. As a sidebar, today's conversation is focused on our physical and mental relationship with food. And I'm here to tell you, I typically never thought about how the food I consumed made me physically feel until like age 27. Heartburn and acid and upset stomachs and all that jazz was stuff I heard about from people I knew and saw on TV. It wasn't something I actually had to cope with until a specific age. Once I passed through that barrier, though, and was given that knowledge that I did not want, it was not a fun time. My coffee in the morning would, and still does, if I don't have a bunch of water with it, give me terrible heartburn or acid in my chest. I'd have something like pizza or a burger and notice I'd get super puffy the next day like I'm Kirby from just retaining water. My favorite thing to eat, cheese, because cheese is the best, would lead to debilitating cramps. Although I'm pretty much always had some mild discomfort from dairy throughout my life, once I passed 27, it became almost physically unbearable for me to have any. I also noticed that I started to pack on a few pounds and was no longer had an incredibly slender frame, which, uh, you know, was a little jarring. (laughs) As I was beginning to see and feel these physical changes a few years ago, and because I had a teeny bit more financial flexibility, I began to shift towards what I'd always called, quote unquote, eating clean. I don't believe there's a denotation for what that statement means. I'm fairly certain it's just marketing jargon. However, for me, what this meant for me personally to eat clean, it meant uh, eliminating dairy, minimizing processed foods, gravitating towards whole grains, opting for lean protein, and trying to cut down on all the sugary and greasy junk, which was a hallmark of my diet for really most of my life up until that point. That age, right, the late 20s, was also when I signed up for, to complete my first marathon with minimal training, which then led to me obtaining my personal training certification. As such, this was when I began to pay close attention to both my mental and physical relationship with food, as my journey on the road to Gainesville was beginning in earnest. Going through that first marathon training cycle was an invaluable life experience as I made a litany of mistakes I've learned from. Namely, I learned how to physically listen to my body when exercising. So I knew when I had the ability to push myself a little harder, how much energy I had in the tank, and when to ease off the throttle. This act of uh, physically listening to my body, for lack of a better term, also extended to my relationship with food. There were plenty of times where the day after eating something greasy, I'd feel heavy or bloated when going for a run, or 
I just wasn't nearly as explosive when working out. Being cognizant of the tangible impact the food I was consuming was having on both my performance and really just how I was feeling on a day-to-day really helped open my eyes to the world of nutrition and health. Once I started paying attention to what I was consuming, man, it was a game changer. I've always been the kind of person who likes going off feel. And once I became hyper aware of my physical limits and how I was responding to food performance wise, my mind began to drift towards more long term thinking. This means I'm not training as much for performance. I'm not trying to rack up miles and medals and do races or anything like that. I'm training for longevity. I'm also eating in a similar manner to try and keep my weight at a comfortable level for me, feeling strong, and doing my best to minimize my potential for any ailments which could be exacerbated by food. I always try to keep the conversations around illness and things like that pretty vague, as I'm only a certified personal trainer. I'm, you know, not a medical professional. So we don't want to have any conversations outside our wheelhouse. Our discussions here at Anyone Can Run are all about establishing our personal marathon mindsets and getting us to a place where we're strong, comfortable, and confident, both mentally and physically. It took a long time for me to even be aware of my relationship with food, because for much of my life, I was focused solely on money. The mental relationship with food, come on, that's not something that even had the opportunity to cross my mind. I wasn't paying much attention to the physical impact it was having on me because I felt fine, which probably isn't the best approach, but hey, you live and you learn. As I focused on eating clean for the past few years, my wife was constantly telling me to try to go vegetarian or entirely plant-based. I refuse to use the word vegan, just so y'all know. I'm a Texan and an American, dang it. That means I don't abide traitors, communists, or vegans. At least, that was the case for much of my life. About two years ago, I had some dental work done. And I couldn't really chew on anything solid for about a week. So I used that as a springboard to go entirely plant-based for a month. I did it. I felt great. I lost weight. And my performance was better than it had ever been. But after about a month, I was uh, back to the old fast food habits. Not all the time, but, you know, getting it maybe once a week or so. After eating clean for the past few years... I decided to go plant-based this past January, except for three meals throughout the month of January, where I think I had wings once, and then I think I had cheese on something another time or something like that. I was entirely plant-based, and I was bursting with energy. It's of note, I've been using a plant-based frozen meal delivery service, so I typically either have cereal or oatmeal in the morning, a frozen meal for either lunch or dinner, or just some beans or quinoa or whatever. I was feeling amazing. However, in mid-February, Texas got hit by a brutal snowstorm, which left us without power for nearly two days, when it was way below freezing outdoors. This meant all the fresh and frozen food we'd accrued went bad, and when water became scarce later that week, it was not a fun experience. Seriously, it was insane. And if you want to see how we handled it, go check out the first vlog ever we made on YouTube. And truth be told, that was a harrowing experience, right? 
and wasn't one that I recommend anyone go through. But vlogging it, the wife and I, it was mostly me vlogging, but obviously she's, you know, around, she's helping me with it, she's working on it, kind of gave us something to focus on. And doing that vlog, I thought it was going to be a one-time deal, but it's actually led to us making YouTube videos every other week that we release uh, over on YouTube. But it's just like a new avenue, new creative avenue that we enjoyed. So, hey, some good did come of it, right? I discovered vlogging from that experience. Anyways, we lost water and power and everywhere was closed. So I had to switch back to eating whatever I could get my hands on. So I had a lot of beef jerky. I had uh, Pop-Tarts, a lot of processed stuff, a lot of chips, things like that. So it meant a lot of processed food and meat. If you couple the poor environment, right, like no power, no water, with the change of diet, I felt physically sick for nearly a week. And it was literally just due to the combination of stress and diet change. I'm now back on my plant-based lifestyle and feeling amazing. And that's where I find myself today. I'm sure not all of you identify with the cultural or socioeconomic circumstances I grew up with, which influenced both my mental and physical relationships with food. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're all unique individuals living our own lives on this big blue ball called planet Earth. I hope by providing a brief overview of my own experiences with food, and not just saying, go meal prep, use food as fuel, only buy fresh food, blah, blah, blah. I'm providing a useful example, which will prompt you to reflect on where you are today. Especially when we're focused on cultivating our marathon mentality, we need to be cognizant of all we've learned from our experiences and perhaps gathering lessons down the road we may not have realized at the time. And that's the benefit of being able to reflect. We each have a unique perspective fueled by our own experiences. However, we all as healthy and fit individuals have a goal of being the best possible version of ourselves we can be from both a mental and physical standpoint. So long as we are cognizant of the choices we make and always strive to be better than we were yesterday, we can maximize both our physical and mental gains. Food is fuel for your workouts and everyday life, but it can also be a source of comfort, enjoyment, and social gatherings. I'm not here to tell you to not enjoy the things you're consuming, because if I was living that life, I would only be upset and frustrated. What I am here to say, though, is just to be cognizant of the choices you make, especially when it comes to food. It's an easy trap to fall into. When you're tired and you're hungry and you're worn out, the last thing you want to do is exert more brain power just thinking about eating. However, if you remember a bad decision here can adversely impact your physical day-to-day for a day or two, as it did when I switched back to eating meat after being plant-based for a month, I'd expect you're doing the most you can to set yourself up for success. How we think about and consume food isn't something I paid much mind to for the better part of my life. However, now every decision I make is made in the interest of helping me reach my goal of living a healthy and fit lifestyle. Just like it's important to be cognizant of why you began your personal health and fitness journey in the first place, it's important to remember your goals all the time, whether you're in the gym the office, you're at school, the grocery store, or the drive-thru. 
I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you're seeing what I see, that truly anyone can run the road to Gainesville. The content schedule for yours truly consists of dropping a podcast episode one week and a YouTube video the next, so you'll get a new episode every other Monday, unless, you know, I'm out of ideas for a conversation, so make sure you smash that subscribe button. If you're able, please contribute to our fundraiser for St. Jude, which runs until the end of May 2021. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at AnyoneCanRunPod. If you enjoy Anyone Can Run, notify another potential fitness fiend so we can all help one another live a healthy and fit lifestyle. If you want to show some uh, extra support for your favorite fitness podcast, please just go over to twitch.tv slash truebros, smash that follow button, find us on YouTube and hit that subscribe button, or leave a quick rating and review in your podcast app of choice. All of those are free and mean the world to me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast, and if you did, don't forget to pound that subscribe button. If you didn't enjoy it well, you get what you pay for, and regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road to Gainesville.